Hi, I'm Karen Cash, and I'm CEO of Tech Alpharetta. Welcome to our Driving Innovation podcast series, where we explore the people and the companies that are helping to drive innovation in the city of Alpharetta. And today, we have Sherard Barshney, CEO and founder of Ovaledge here, and I'm so happy to see you again, Sherrod, being a, a graduate of our Tech Alpharetta incubator. We, we miss seeing you and the team around the center. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. Yeah, we are, means I'm really honored to be here and uh, love to answer all the questions you have. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. And, and to lead it right off, I just have to, I have to congratulate you. I mean, the growth that um, you have, have driven the company through over in such a short period of time, you've grown from, what, four, four employees to 140 in, what, four years? Yeah, it is in, in, in four years we grow that much. But most of the growth came in last two years. Yeah, that's, that's just yeah. phenomenal and, and a tremendous market valuation to, to go with it. So I, I want to congratulate you first Thank on you that so tremendous much. growth. And, Thank you uh, so much. Yes, and, uh, you know, just hear a little bit, let's, let's share with our, our audience a little bit about your, your background and, and what took you from, you know, when you graduated with your degree up, up until today to hear about your journey, too, because it's sure. so fascinating. Sure. So your, your degree um, was, was nuclear it was engineering? Nuclear engineering, yeah. Yes. So I graduated from uh, IIT Kanpur, which is one of the premier college in India. So we graduated, and I was figuring out what to do in nuclear engineering. And that time, it was like 2000, and uh, India did one of the first like nuclear tests. So it was in India, you couldn't do anything in nuclear engineering. So I went out into computer science and kind of like um, uh, did find the jobs in computer science area because that was uh, evolving. So did a couple of these uh, three years in about the one company called Tata and came into U.S. in 2001. Okay. And yeah, so, so I did that for some time and doing mostly the process uh, management using the computers. Okay. And then I moved to, uh, then I came down to Atlanta uh, maybe in 2003, yeah. And we came to Atlanta in 2003, and then I joined a company here, and then we moved to the area which is asset management area. Physical asset physical management? Physical asset management, or, okay. yeah. This is not a financial asset management. It's a physical, which literally utilities companies uses like crane, you know, like turbines to manage all these things. So there's okay. a whole software, maintenance management software is there. So I was, I was basically implementing those software to most of the nuclear utilities then. So ultimately, my engineering degree was a nuclear engineering, but it didn't get fulfilled there. But I was able to, I worked almost uh, close to 50 nuclear power plants in U.S. and everywhere, kind of like fix, doing their maintenance management systems. Okay. Yeah, so did that, and then, um, I, was, and then I joined a company which is kind of like a consulting startup with only four people okay. in the company. And... Uh, then we took it to 140 altogether. So we took that company to to next level. And then after that, we came out of that company and started my own. And that time when I came out of my own, I realized that this this, this part, uh, I was really that I will not do in the asset management space because I left them. So I, I don't want to compete in that area. So I want to find out, okay, what is the new next upcoming thing? Because the data was like really the next area of the technology revolution at that time. So I realized let's do something in the data area and found the company Overledge, but realized that it is kind of difficult, the big data area was at that time. So I joined the company named Hortonworks. And now the company Hortonworks? Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that Hortonworks is merged to Cloudera, which is one of the prime big data company. So I joined them, learned probably two years, you know, going to different 
customers, trying to find their problems. And once I found that, okay, what the area really, the data governance space we want to be in, I left Hortonworks and really started working on Overledge at that time. Okay, and so that was about when? Was that around 2017? Yeah, 2015. 2015, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I think to 2015 I, I left, yeah, I think 2017 is the right word. Okay. 2017, yeah. Okay. So 2017 is the one when we, when I left uh, Hortonworks and really joined the Overledge full-time. Right. And then and, and started working on it. Yeah, and Hortonworks is, is a fairly large company, so um, that was going to be a big change for you to return to a, a startup-type environment, I, I would think. Yeah, but uh, Hortonworks is still a startup. Was it still a startup? Uh, was a startup. At, right? that at that time, it was only 300 people in Hortonworks. Yeah. So it was, it was a large company, but it's still uh, the culture was startup and everything was kind of startup culture. So it was, uh, I learned a lot at Hortonworks, you know, how to start a startup, how to, uh, you know, how to go to different customer, how to present something. So there are a lot of right. learning I did at Hortonworks, which really helped me in, in, in the entrepreneurship journey in my Overledge. And so when you decided to focus full-time on, on your business at Overledge in 2017, um, did you have any, any concerns about you know, the relative risk of, of starting a, a business and, and running a business without the, the, you know, kind of the security of the paycheck and everything else? Yeah, I think that that's always, the risk is always there. But I thought, I thought that it will not take that long. I thought maybe three to six months I will be able to have a product out and able to demonstrate that. But took quite a bit longer than the three to six months. Yes, yeah, so it always takes longer uh, yeah, than you want or yeah, think it I mean, will. That is the, the, the most, I would say, the difficult part, uh, you know, because when you thought that your product market fit is going to take only three to six months, but took more than that. And right. that is the, the, I think there is a definitely risk. But I think that the risk, we took it, and uh, me and my wife already, we, we were into it together. We kind of, okay, let's take a risk and go into it. And then we went all into it. And yeah, and this has been a family affair for you, right? You and your wife have, have been working yes. together at this. Since yeah, we day were working one. together on that. It was first, I was doing it. My wife was not all in, but she she saw everything that how it is going, and so she also contributed quite a bit. Now she's full time into it, but she started full time even even as soon as we started. But she was not like at the very start. She was not committed for it, but she she saw me as well as Shirni, who is another co-founder of mine, joining, and then she come coming to full-time, and then now she's full-time into it. Yeah, yeah. More than we, we're, not, we're all more than, like, full-time. Right, right. And, yeah. and your kids have been involved here or there as well, right? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a family affair. So yes, we, we, yes. we talk less now, family, kids, and other things. We talk more data governance at home. <laughs> That's how it is. It's because... Even my my son, who is seven, nine now, but he can he can talk about data governance. Right, that, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, when you first uh, started focusing full time on Ovaledge, what would you say you found to be your biggest challenge at that time? The biggest challenge was is finding the product market fit. You know, so when I was starting this, uh, you know, what really the problem area we are trying to fix and how to fix it. That is the biggest challenge I would consider. So when used to, we, we can build a, a kind of a minimal viable product. So we build it and we can go into the customer to demonstrate it. Customer used to love that idea. Right. But they are not ready to sign the paycheck. Um, mm. And they are not ready to commit for it. And they used to love it because they used like the, we had the algorithms which is building new you know models and something. Everybody used to love it. But these are the not the things which they really need that. So we kind of like um, had the vitamin kind of thing, but not really had a painkiller which customers needed at that time. So that was the biggest, uh, I would say, the pain point we had 
to to find the what really customer want and that's uh, we struggle for like two year in to find that really what customers want and how to address the problem that is the biggest challenge yeah yeah and and yeah. so how did you ultimately explore what the customers really wanted was it just ongoing discussions and and presentations to prospective clients that helped provide that insight or or how did you decide, okay, well, this is how we have to, you know, build the product based on what the customers are saying? I think the first one, like when I used to present to the customer, we used to listen to them. But most of the time, customer will not say what they want. Customer, you present something, uh, I don't want that or I want that. Right? right. So there are certain things they will say, yeah, this is very good, cool. I say, okay, can we sell it to you? Then I know we are looking really for this, right? So uh, something they are looking for and something they want, right? There are two things which were not matching. So we keep listening to the customer and keep hearing their voice and whatever is the behind their voice. So you need to really go to the pain point, what is behind what they're saying something is. Right. So that is the the biggest challenge, I would say, and and really, but but the discussion is about when you discuss something, they will tell you the problem, what problem they want to solve, and then you have to ask a couple of more whys. Right. That why are you asking this this particular feature? People will say, hey, I need this feature, but they will not sell you the why they need feature. And most of the time, customer will tell you the solution, which is from their perspective, this is the best solution. But from the product perspective, they may not be the best solution out right. there. Right. So you have to really discuss that why are you even asking for this feature. So when you go one or two whys, then you really know, okay, this is the problem they want to solve. Or maybe I can create a little tiny feature here that will solve the problem. They right. have it. So that's where I think a lot of discussions with the customer, present them, and then ask them feedback. And that's continuous process, iterative process, has basically built up that uh, solution which we are today. Yeah, so so it's uh, a lengthy customer discovery process, but really critical then because it... It is the most critical part in the business, I yes. would say, that to find the product market fit is the, is the most critical part because that's where uh, people can find the, the problem and the solution to that. Right. Right, because you know you can you can develop a product, but if if a customer doesn't want it, then you shouldn't develop it, even if you can. Yeah, that's the means we, we we developed the solution, but customer didn't want it that right. right. So, so even the the first thing we build is a, like our relationship algorithm, which can find the relationship from one data to another data to another data. And I used to demonstrate to customer people used to love it, but they didn't but they didn't have a pain to buy it. Right. Now, but they a had a pain point. to see that where the data come from, where it goes. Yes. So when we build that, now after build that where data come from, where it goes, that which is what we call it lineage. When we build this, then it's hey, relationship is also good, because we need this. But if the relationship is on top of that, that will be amazing. So this right. is our competitiveness that somebody selling relationship now, sorry, lineage, yes. and then we sell to relationship as well. Oh, this is complete package. If you only sell the lineage, what customer want, that is now you have a, com- they have a competitive disadvantage. We have an advantage now because we have right. the vitamins on top of painkillers as well. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately the product that you developed, um, talk about that a little if you will. Tell us what, what your yeah. product does. So I think it's, uh, it's difficult to explain, so let me take an analogy. Sure. Right? So let's say you want to make a tomato soup. And you want to make a tomato soup, you need tomatoes. So ultimately what you do is uh, you go to the farmer's place and say, hey, can I have tomatoes? And they say, no, I have pumpkin. Then you go to another one. Do you have tomatoes? Then you say, no, I have, uh, you know, uh, something else. And they say, another one, they say, oh, I have tomatoes. So this is what happens when in organization you want to build anything related to data. And you go to the data. 
and he said, hey, I do have data for it. He said, no, I, I don't have it. Maybe other department have it. Maybe other department have it, right? So you want to make a tomato soup, but you're looking for the tomatoes, which is a raw ingredient, right? So they don't have any processes defined. So then what it comes to the data catalog, which is the new one innovation we did it, which is basically building a supermarket, right? That's a great analogy. So, so when you build the supermarket, then you have all the tomatoes at one place. And you have tomatoes, you have pumpkins, you have you know, spinach and everything is kind of nicely cataloged. But that is also, uh, that solves only one problem of that, that you have tomatoes. But now if you go to the tomatoes, buy the tomatoes, you, go to go, you can go to the Publix, you can buy, buy uh, tomatoes for 99 cents. And somewhere you can also find the tomatoes which say, hey, locally grown in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And you will gather, there's a $2 a pound. Yeah. Then you go to the Whole Foods, they say, hey, organically, locally grown in Georgia. <laughs> right. Then it's like $4 a pound. Because now tomatoes are tomatoes, Right, but because of its quality, and it's uh, you know where it's grown and how it's valuable for you here, that basically decides the price of that. Mm-hmm. Right, so that is what the governance process is. Now, if, so imagine that all the tomatoes are just say tomatoes, you don't know which one is the high quality, which one is the low quality. So the governance process ensures that this is a high quality. It says organic. There is a body which certifies that this says it's organic. So this is what the governance processes look like in terms of the data governance, which basically tells you, you know, what is the high quality data, what is the low quality data, what is the bad quality data, why you should trust this data, why you should not use this data. So this all these processes around that, which is kind of governance. So we are kind of the right. data catalog, which is the first thing, then the data governance. So we're like end-to-end data governance solutions. Okay. I, yeah, I love that analogy. It, make, it makes it very easy to understand. And so that's the, that's the service that you can provide to your customers is the um, ability to use your solution in order to ensure the reliability and the high quality of their data. Yes. So we focus mostly on three aspects from the data governance aspect. There are three aspects. One, one is the data literacy. So tell everybody in the organization what data exists. Right. Then another part is the data quality which is like improving the quality of the data on a continuous basis. Sure. And third part is data access, you know, so the people have access to the data. Otherwise, there may be like a lot of problem comes in the compliance issues, et cetera. Then right. we take care of that part of it. Okay, great. And so uh, who was the first client to sign a contract? Okay. Uh, I don't know whether I can take the name of them, but uh, it was a very small contract. I still remember that I got the tackle for it, a check for probably like, $4,000. Yeah, but that was uh, an exciting day, right? That was right? exciting, to get your first and then I took a picture of it, and then I said, okay, look, uh, before that, we got, like, uh, big clients, like yes. EY becoming customers, etc. but they are mostly not a, like, a product, product customer. They were, like, mostly on a services contract. Okay. But this was, like, a real product. They bought the product. They they really liked the services, and they, they bought the product itself for, for one year, for, for one year, and that's where I think that now they're still customer. They're still growing. But, well, they are still a customer. That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, So, so that's where I think we uh, we we got them, and uh, so it was an exciting moment too because to people to see really pay for the product which we we, we built for them. Yeah, absolutely. And since that time, you've um, did that help open the doors to to that, landing other that clients? That help open the doors. They, at least we got to some position that okay, this is what the customer want. Right. Then we kind of replicated quite a bit, and then we still are figuring out that market. Frankly yes. speaking, it's not that the market is we have figured it out. It's an open opportunity in in front of us because everybody needs data, and we are providing access to the data with the high quality. With, with customers can get it. Right. So. Um, 
yes, this opened to the door to the multiple customers, and then after that, we are able to uh, get to more more people, uh, more customers easily. Uh, but most of the thing what is helping us is our blogs and our uh, you know the thoughts which we have put on internet. Most of our leads comes from that. We can oh, read that, the yes, that's how you that's, a, that's really. a, most of the marketing effort is around that area, and most of the leads comes from that. And okay. even now we doing a lot of demonstration of the product. And that basically leads to a lot of business. Right. And today you guys are really regarded as somewhat as as thought leaders in the data governance space. We are the thought leader in the data governance space. And and we are like, uh, thank you. And we are becoming quite a bit leader in that area. We are also uh, opening up Data Governance Academy, uh, which will be like a virtual academy where people can learn about everything about data governance from point A to all the way to the end. And when does that happen? When are you going to open uh, It should be take probably three months. Okay. Uh, by the time we have written all the content, now it's the, the lot of videos and everything will come out of it. And that will create the complete academy data governance. So the people can, students as well as not only students, but the people who want to implement data governance can learn everything about A to Z in the data governance what a, thing. What a fantastic idea. And you've obviously um, enjoyed some very successful growth as a result of your um, your lengthy and thorough customer discovery process leading you to develop the right solution for what the need was in the market. Um, because when you were at Tech Alpharetta, it was four people in the corner working every single day. You guys were heads down, but it was four people. And you said you're up to 140 today, right? So, yeah, so we are 140 now. And yes, it means uh, we are growing because of the customers are demanding. And uh, we are as we are growing the number of customers, so that we need people to support them, as well as we need product to build. Right. So there are both parts there, and uh, we have like uh, the one of the major area of growth is like we have like close to hundred different connectors, which goes to different applications and connect to them. Right. So that is why we are we have connector team, which is kind of fifty people now in oh, that wow. area, wow. which is just keep building the connectors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is this is the area where we are growing quite a bit. That, and uh, yeah, I mean, so we we also regard it as uh, one of the fastest growing company in Atlanta. But I think, it's, uh, but I think we will keep growing, and we do not see any. I, I'm hoping that we will keep growing continuously on that basis. Yeah, and you guys took investor funding um, a couple of years ago. Did that help you? Uh, help enable you to staff up? The yes, business? definitely. That's the yes. idea. Means we are able to take that. Um, uh, that funding came at the time where, you know, uh, it was very well needed yes right um, because we are not able to it's just hard to scale without funding right. and uh, it's hard to find funding without a product success yes so once yes. we got the success and we got few ch- paychecks a uh, few checks and then after that we got the funding and then the funding helped us to kind of like take us to the next level and even now we have a lot of um, venture capital funds trying to invest into our company right we are still not taking the funding we probably take by by this year and another round of funding to kind of f- accelerate the growth even right. further. And your growth to date is, your revenues have grown tremendously, right, over the past yeah, few years? Yeah, we have grown quite a bit. I mean, we, we Would you say what, kind 10 of, times, 20 times? Oh, it's more than 20 times, yeah. That's a, so, ah, so, wonderful yeah, news. So, yeah, we, we have grown the revenue quite a bit, as well as customer count, as well as, you know, the we're growing in all three dimensions, right. I would say, yeah. Yeah. Well, Sharad, thank you so much for joining us here today. Oh, thank you. You've grown Oval Edge into a, a true startup success story. Thank you so much, Karen. Yes, yes. Thanks for spending the time to tell us a little bit about your journey. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. 